Hello, everybody, and welcome to the For the Win podcast. I am your Tuesday host, Charles Curtis, and uh, it's Oscars week. Uh, the Oscars are coming this uh, this Sunday, and we're all very excited because we love the Oscars. So I got somebody who I know is all into pop culture, also uh, writes about hockey, so maybe this, this applies for ice sports, uh, but but she knows a lot, and she's awesome, and it's your usual Friday host, Hamel Javeri. Hi, Hamel. How are you doing? Hi, Charles. How are you? I'm good. I'm so happy to have you on. I'm very excited because every time Hemel and I get on the podcast together, which has been now, I want to say, three or four times, we end up having like really spirited discussions and debates, and we have a lot of laughs. So, um, yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. This is very weird to to be in the guest role versus the host role. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, actually. Yeah, this might be the first time. Yeah, actually, it is. So you're the guest. Ooh, a lot of pressure. Um, I know. Yeah. So much pressure now. It is, and it's a lot of pressure because I brought you in today because um, I wanted to talk about uh, I, Tanya, which is nominated for some Oscars, and uh, I thought it would be a good week to do it. Um, and the pressure is especially on because you actually haven't seen the movie. And that's very true. I have not seen the movie, but that is not going to stop me from having a lot of opinions about I, Tanya. That's good. No, and, and I joke about this because you don't have it. I didn't need you to necessarily see the movie in order to talk about um, sort of the, the focus that I wanted to have because I just have seen this sort of backlash and then the backlash against the backlash happening with Tanya Harding in general. And, you know, we cover yeah. the human side of sports here. So what, what have you made... To start off, uh, what have you made of the the reaction that has and, and sort of the way that Tanya Harding has been treated in the last few months since the movie dropped uh, last year? Well, I will say that my initial reaction to the fact that they were even making this movie w- was shock and surprise uh, because you and I both are of a certain age. And I don't mean that we're old, <laughs> but that we were, you know, kids a little you know maybe a little bit older than kids while the whole i tanya thing was happening so my initial reaction just to the fact that they were dramatizing this from tanya harding's point of view was really skepticism because i had lived through the event and what she had done was didn't seem redeemable right so i was initially very surprised um and then even more surprised when you know, the movie makes her into a very sympathetic figure from, from what I've read and from what people have been saying. And the, and the entire thing kind of caught me by surprise, even working in sports, where I was like, oh, this is this is a figure that we're supposed to have empathy for now. So that's my initial reaction to everything surrounding the film yeah. and Tanya Harding as a person. Oh, totally. And I, I always tell people, you know, when, when people ask that question that I think gets asked a lot, um, in you know, in sort of random circles, like what is what is your uh, one of the first things you remember seeing on TV, like a news event? And I can tell two things. I remember the moment the Gulf War started and seeing all those like night vision shots of of, of I think it was Scud missiles. You know, that was the first thing. Oh yeah, thing, yeah. And the second thing was Nancy Kerrigan on TV screaming why why why? You know, which was just so deeply embedded in my brain for forever. Um, and so sort of seeing the arc with Tanya Harding to where we are now. It is absolutely surprising. My problem is, and this is why I, I wanted you on today, is I'm confused about how to feel. And I just don't know because I've seen the movie. I came out mm-hmm. of it sort of feeling like very, like, wow, Tanya had a really tough life. Um, you know, her mother played by Alison Janney. Uh, if, if Alison Janney doesn't win an Oscar, I, I'll be shocked. I mean, it, she's incredible and abusive and awful and a 
you know, she's painted in a very not so good light, and and she, her she motivates with a lot of negative motivation to Tanya. Um, there's a lot of abusive stuff, verbal and otherwise, and then you sort of get like. Okay, so did Tanya, was she that involved with, you know, the, the, the Galuli and, and uh, you know, the, that controversy? How much was she involved? And you're sort of left wondering. But ultimately, she's a sympathetic, fi- sympathetic figure. And we've seen that with the real Tanya Harding since, since the movie came out. So I don't know how to feel. Yeah, I mean, explain to me a little bit more about the film, though. Because sure. uh, is there... Are there any new revelations in the film? Or is it what we kind of know? Is that she definitely knew what was happening even if she might not have been a totally active participant in what went down it was something like that i mean the the thing is like the 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 real the the people who kind of execute the the ultimate crime of of kneecapping or or however you want it or it's funny they talk about galooling in the the jeff galooly character talks about i think his last name becoming a verb and so the the people who who executed this was Galuli himself, you know, Jeff Galuli was really an active participant. And then he kind of hands it over to Sean, who's his like, I don't want to call it loser best friend, I guess, you know, who like, is mm-hmm. like, you know, oh, no, I totally, you know, I, I got some guys to like do this awful thing to Nancy Kerrigan where she practices. And Tanya's sort of shocked in the movie to find out that it's gone this far because she thought it was just threatening letters that they were going to send to um to Nancy Kerrigan, and I, and she's sort of painted as like not knowing as much as, as you would think, because and mm-hmm. I think the way that the, that it was portrayed in the '90s was that. And the really interesting thing to me is that uh, I've seen now, like you know, prosecutors who are involved and 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 real people who are involved with with working on this, sort of having this reaction of like, well, that's not the truth. The movie doesn't paint the truth, and suddenly like Tanya's being seen as a hero, like, uh, not good. So I, that's that's weird to me. Yeah, I will say I'm going to back you up. Part of the, isn't Jeff Galuli played by Sebastian Sebastian Stan? He is indeed. He is he's a very handsome version of Jeff Galuli. Let me tell you, <laughs> I'm like, wait, I don't think this is true to life. And I know I know we're kind of making fun of it, but the fact that you have Margot Robbie, who fanta- is supposed to be fantastic oh, as Tonya Harding. Great. Jeff um, Jeff Galuli played by Sebastian Stan. These are all incredibly handsome people, and that definitely shifts your as a viewer, even if you don't realize it, your focus into sympathy for them. That's um, a good point. You know, even if we may not want to admit it, they're very attractive people. So you kind of you know erring a little bit on the side of like, well, how how bad can they be? They're so handsome and good looking. <laughs> um, But I agree with you. I think that kind of as an outside observer of all of this, uh, the entire film coming out was a little bit shocking to me. Like, are are we really doing this? Like, are we really painting this person as as the victim in this scenario? Um, And a lot of the sports commentary has been that Hollywood has kind of glossed over the actual details for a redemption story because they love redemption arcs. Mm. And uh, that filtered down into Tanya Harding as a person. Um, our own Christine Brennan, who is a columnist for USA Today Sports and, you know, incredibly well regarded, has written a lot about how this is not what happened. And what she and a lot of other people are fighting back against is a bit of revisionist history, right? Because Nancy Kerrigan did get whacked. How badly she was hurt is up for debate. But it was an incredibly shocking, terrible thing to happen. And it really ruined... um, it really like took 
I don't want to say it ruined, but, you know, we, we kind of think that sports kind of exists outside of, of like pettiness and this kind of violence, but mm-hmm. it really doesn't. Yeah. So it really brought things crashing down. Well, and also the film and, and, and for those who've seen it, I, I wonder if they agree, you know, that the, the, the innocence or lack thereof, if you want to, you know, it, it's up for debate in the film. I think you kind of are left wondering how much did Tanya know and you know how much of an active participant and of course the interviews have since revealed that like she knew some things and she had heard some things but and so it's sort of left up for debate and you kind of feel like Tanya's this this um tough fighter but somebody who has been put upon by various people around her you know Jeff mm-hmm. Galuli being abusive as well uh which is portrayed a lot in the film and and, and you know uh her mother obviously and so you're sort of left with that feeling like was she really active? And, and even to question that in, in this is like, it's a definite change from where we were at in the, in the mid nineties. Um, and I, I, I also want to look at like Alison Janney's quote that she said during at, uh, her win at the Golden Globes. She said, you know, what the movie did was tell a story and I'm quoting her here about class in America, tells a story about the disenfranchised, tell a story about a woman who is not embraced for her individuality, tell a story about truth and perception of the truth in the media and the truths we all tell ourselves when we wake up in bed every morning and go out and live our lives. And I was like, yeah, right on, very cool. And then you kind of pause and go, but what about Nancy Kerrigan, who obviously was reached by phone by the Boston Globe, I think it was. It was by um, the columnist. And and she was like, well, I think her quote was something like, I'm going to look it up now, but I'm I'm still a victim. Like, and, and that's, we all have to remember that. Well, so let me flip this. Like, actually, before I get to this point, I wanted to, the class issue is a big thing mm. because as we talked about earlier, you and I lived through the actual news cycle, right? Yep. And uh, I remember, and this was in, this was 1994, you said, before cell phones and uh, real internet connectivity 24-7, um, I think most people just had AIM or whatever at that point. But uh, we were not in a 24-7 news cycle, so the information that was being filtered out was coming from um, very limited sources, right? You got your news on newspapers, and you got it on the evening news. And the way this was covered, it was really painted as Nancy Kerrigan, the beautiful ice princess, Mm -hmm. versus Tanya Harding, who was absolutely lower middle class at that time and painted as a very jealous, um, insecure skater who was going after Nancy Kerrigan, who was, you know, painted as very innocent and she didn't do anything wrong. So there was this real huge class difference in the way things were covered. Yeah. And I think that, I think that had we had social media and people being able to tweet their own thoughts about what happened and you could get information directly from the source, this might have been covered differently. But because our perspective was so narrow, the way this was framed for us is that you had a villain and and a good person. And I'm not and I'm not blaming Nancy Kerrigan by any means. Right. Like what happened to her was terrible and she's absolutely the victim here. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was painted in class differences as well, not just good versus evil. So that was uh, um, that was something that I don't think a lot of people really understood as it was happening. Yeah. That, that class played a huge role in it. Like she comes from this rough, you know, lower middle class thing where kinds of things like this were, were acceptable and, and nobody else would think that that was acceptable. Right. Uh, and I think that's a terrific point. And we're going to do more on that in a second. We're going to hear from our pals over at uh, Mattress Firm, our, our sponsors. Um, 
So, Hemel, let's keep the ball rolling, shall we? Everyone knows how important stretching is before an event. So does Mattress Firm, except it's your dollar. Your budget stretches further when you're shopping at America's Neighborhood Mattress Store. It's a true home run, and you'll have a ball. They're the head coaches when it comes to mattress expertise. But know this. They are more than mattress experts. They have a game plan that helps you transform your mattress into a bed. From adjustable bases and sheets to headboards and bedroom decor, they have you literally and figuratively covered up like your favorite cornerback. Go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast to see what deals are happening. They even offer you a 120-night sleep trial to ensure perfection and a 120-night low-price guarantee so you know you paid the perfect price. Talk about a one-two punch, a knockout, if you will. Score big with the perfect bed head to mattressfirm.com slash podcast to get the play-by-play on how you can monumentally improve your sleep today tonight and tomorrow all right back to hemel yes um i love how that ad perfectly aligns with your love of puns (laughs) (laughs) so you are maybe the third or fourth person who has been a guest on this podcast to point out that the like i think it was our our colleague chris corman a few weeks ago was like did somebody write that for you because uh, those who who listen uh, may not know i i have become the uh for the win resident dad joker uh which is totally fine by me i own it um i love it um so i wanted to continue kind of what we're we're here with hamil javeri uh our uh for the win uh doer of all things including a host for the podcast and writer of uh of nhl and other hockey things and other things in general um but yeah that sort of we were talking about the, the class thing and i think that's kind of I think it's okay to take away that from this movie with, with with sort of separating it for a second from who Tanya Harding is to the the world. You know, I think that if you take mm-hmm. away and say, man, like Tanya Harding had it rough, and look at her persevere through that and become nearly the you know the first person, the first woman to, to land a triple axel in the Olympics, and um, you know she did it at nationals, and 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 she also just you know overcame so much and so maybe that's okay to 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 take away from the movie without you know and then you know the the other stuff can be separated right do you think that's even possible um i don't know i i think that the other stuff you can't really separate it Uh, so this is kind of my take on the overall tanya harding redemption arc is that this is the first time that we have done this with a female athlete who's been accused of something really terrible. Mm. We do it with male athletes all the time, right? We ignore sexual assault allegations. We ignore physical violence. We ignore, you know, whether they've gotten in trouble with the law, Michael Vick, right? There's so many male athletes that get second, third, fourth, fifth chances after they have done truly irredeemable things and we still hold them up as worthy of adulation right like whatever happened with um brent roethlisberger those even accusations should have been enough to get him out of the nfl forever but they're not right he's still beloved everywhere um and this is the first time that i think we've done it with a female athlete who has been accused of something and has, you know, and somebody has had the gall to try to redeem her actions or put them into context. So that to me is really surprising. And I do think that there's a level of sexism at work here, right? Mm. Because with male athletes, their redemption stories come very quickly. They've got like three, four months and then they're back playing and they have sorry for what they did and everything is okay. And, and we accept it and we give them gold medals and we celebrate them. And 
Tanya Harding, this has been over 25 years, right? 1994, so it's been a while. And we still are having trouble trying to forgive her for that thing that she done. So that's what we're really asking here, right? Was this a forgivable crime? Yeah. Uh, well, Is, yeah. And, and I wonder about that second chances thing, because I always am debating that when it comes mm -hmm. to all of the unforgivable things that you just mentioned. You know, Michael Vick, you're right, like got a second chance after being uh, imprisoned uh, uh, and, and look at what he did with his life. And But there's Michael Vick, you know, I... I and I, I should check this and look it up, but I, as I recall, he was sort of talking about what he learned from being imprisoned. And, you know, we yeah. talk all about how our society is built on, on second chances um, and re and redemption, even though, you know, we, we remember that people committed crimes or, or did something wrong. Um, so is that a play here? Like, are, are we giving, is this Tanya Harding's second chance? I, I think it is. And I think that it probably... You know, maybe it should have come a lot earlier had she been maybe a tennis player or, I don't know, in gymnastics. Something where we saw more of her, maybe it would have been forgivable had she had something else to do. I'm not really sure what Tanya Harding has done with her life after this. Um, I did see some of the interviews that she did after the film came out. And she very much was like, I, I can't believe people are finally listening to me and hmm. are finally hearing my side of the story. So what we're asking, I think what's the best thing that this film probably does is to ask to look at this in a broader context of her life versus just an isolated incident. Um, but she kind of didn't do herself any favors because she told reporters that she didn't want to talk about the incident. Yeah. You know, and she was and and that kind of was like, well, you can't. You can't ignore the thing that we're only here to talk to you about. We can, you can't ignore the thing that made you relevant again. So I think it's about second chances. I think it's about forgiving her. And I think it's about the redemption story that we give to male athletes all the time. And yeah. at the very least, she needs to have a shot at that. Whether or not you agree with it is totally different. But yes, she did a terrible thing. Um, however, however she was involved in it, right? Even if she was just an accessory, even if she only had an inkling, that kind of violence is never acceptable. Forget about it being sportsmanship. Like it's, it's not, it, you know, we all know it's, it's above just bad sportsmanship. Like this is illegal, threatening somebody, physical violence is never okay. Um, we give male athletes passes all the time, right? For, yeah. for assaulting their girlfriends and, and all this other stuff and uh, carrying guns into locker rooms and all these other things guys get away with uh, pretty much daily. I think that's um, a great point. Yeah. yeah, and for her, for us to to kind of do a lot of hand-wringing about whether or not she deserves a second chance is fairly sexist. Yeah, and and uh, uh, I also wanted to, to touch on something. If you see the movie, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. um, there's also the the way that this this was executed. This crime was was just laughable, and and there's just something mm -hmm. so so. Um, you sort of laugh at it during the movie, but then you step away from it. And you go, oh my goodness, like you know these these awful people bungled, you know th this terrible thing, and and like. For what? You know, you know what I mean? It's like, you yes. sort of say like, for what, for what ultimately yeah. in the end, you know, like, and you sort of see how insane it just seems. And then you really like sit there and you go, wow, like this, this is one of the crazier things that we've ever seen happen in sports and beyond sports. Uh, and, and yeah. to remember that is, is kind of weird too. And I know that's separate from your point, but I was just thinking about no. the movie and, and, it, and that. Yeah, it is. It's very true because I remember kind of just being confused like yeah. really you know you can like 
they just wanted to hurt her enough so that Tanya would win, but they did a pretty terrible job of doing it, right? And they right. bungled the entire thing. So it it is comical almost in how terrible they were. Um, obviously, had something really serious happened, we this would be a different conversation. But yeah. she was relatively okay and was able to go out there and skate and she won a silver medal, I think. Mm -hmm, that's right. Yeah. That, I remember Tanya, those Olympics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so the whole thing is, it's almost like a, it's almost like a farce, right? Like a tragic farce. Right. And that's what the movie is. It is a tragic farce. That is actually a great way of kind of summing up what the, what the movie looks like. Um, and also it's a really well-made film beyond that. Yeah. It just the, the storytelling devices they use. There's a lot of first person and I put that in air quotes. You can't see air quotes on, on, on a podcast, but I'm doing them <laughs> right now um, of, of like the characters talking to, to breaking the fourth wall in, in interview form and they kind of paint that in there, and then there's there's all these beautiful um, uh, skating moments that are that are captured. And Margot Robbie does an incredible job uh, of of just you showing off the athleticism, and and she I know she skated in real life, and I was more fascinated, and we posted a lot about it on For the Win about how Tanya was so nice to her and taught her how to how to do some of the or, or tried to help her with some advice and 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 whatnot, and and it seems like Tanya said it was a pretty accurate movie with some you know some things that stretched um mm -hmm. the truth but and, and that's where i wanted to conclude is it's a movie um and it is based on a true story as we you know we hear that phrasing all the time but i really think that that should be the takeaway for people is is ultimately it was telling a story in in film form and not a blow by blow recounting 100 percent of what really happened and what really happened with tanya harding and i think there there needs to be some separation for that yeah, I, I think that's a really good point, is that this is obviously based on actual events, but uh, it's a film, and it's been dramatized that way to tell the best version of that story. So I, I think you've kind of convinced me that I need to make time to go see it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot of, it's it's a wild ride, is, is how I felt about it, and a really well-made film from a filmmaking perspective, and, and I love that. So, uh, Hemel, anything to add before, before we let you go? No, I think that's it. Thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, thank you for having me on. And thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be uh, back with you again. And, and go see the film. It's great. And uh, go watch the Oscars. Enjoy, everybody.